You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 51 of You Play or What. I hope all of you are well. Dining in for two has now been allowed. No more standing in the corner discreetly munching on your snacks. I have found that being outside and not being able to find a place to sit down and eat to be a real challenge, to be honest. But uh, let's hope things will be on the up for now. So on to this week's episode, I should have this guest on the show way earlier, but I finally set it up and it's with Adrian Chung. If there is ever a Singapore Band Directors Hall of Fame, he would definitely be in it. Adrian is a well-known figure in the Singapore music scene and has a portfolio that encompasses music education, conducting and management roles. In 2017, he took on leadership roles and became the president of the Band Directors Association Singapore and the National Instructors and Coaches Association, known as NICA, founded by NTUC. In this first part of a two-part conversation, Adrian and I spoke about our unusual first encounter, for me at least, his decision to commit to leading a healthier lifestyle and how it impacted his work, his thought process behind commissioning 17 new works for each of his band performing at the SYF 2021 and his musical journey and career developments. In the second part of the episode, we will be talking about his leadership roles and the impact it had on him how, why, and what he decides to spend his time and energy on, and some tips on having a freelance career. But for now, please enjoy this episode of You Play or What? with Adrian. My guest today is a good person to know, particularly if you are a freelance coach or instructor. He is the president of the National Instructors and Coaches Association and Band Directors Association Singapore. Apart from this leadership roles, his portfolio consists of conducting music education and management. I've never had the good fortune to be one of his students, but I'm lucky enough to be able to play under his direction and also in the same section. And did I mention he plays the euphonium too? Welcome to the show, Adrian. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Have we have we played together before, actually? Uh, yes, I think it was on a trip to Hong Kong. We did oh, a yes, master class. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, ago, yes. years ago, before that was so I left for the UK. Yeah, yeah, that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, like I said, uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and uh, taking time out to chat mm. with me. Uh, always yeah. nice to have a fellow euphonium player on the show. I thought a good place for us to start is. My recollection of where I actually first seen you in person, and I don't know if I talked to you about this before, but it was actually on a flight to the USA. 
Yeah. So, when was that? <laughs> yeah. So th- this was uh, 2010. It was also uh-huh. my first time flying to the USA. I was attending uh, what was then called the International Euphonium Institute by Adam Fry. So it was a summer program, say, happening around June time. <gasps> oh my God. I remember it. Yeah. So I, I was... Uh, but we didn't know each other then. No, no. I, so, I was like, this guy is carrying Euphonium. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes, and I, no, I remember. Yeah. And I was like, he... This guy looks familiar. And mm. b- before that, I've never met you in person. I- I've yeah. been to a couple of Fubin's concerts, but I've not seen you in person. But uh, back then, uh, what is currently known as the band post used to be called the, the band fusion forum. Yeah. Obviously, I've heard about you. You're a contributor yeah. there. And I go onto the forum very often. And yeah, so I, I remembered <laughs> though that the flight was terrible. Yeah. It was such an old plane and there, there was no individual entertainment system. It was one yeah. of those shed ones along the walkway and yes. it was just like documentaries on loop. I think, I think flying, to, flying to the States is one of our nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. because especially when we want to get the cheapest tickets, so mm. we, we get onto the Delta or the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we have to survive that that cabin yeah, yeah. for 20 Ex- over hours exactly and it was a, it's a really long one because mm. uh, we went up to Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong we went to Chicago I, I'm yeah. not sure when you went from Chicago I think that was the that was when I attended a conductor's workshop at UNT ah okay right uh, North Te- I went to University of North Texas that I was see. my that was when I first started the uh, not uh, st- that was my first one of my first American uh, conducting workshops that I went for. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, so lo- lots of um, uh, memories from that flight. I think the only good thing that happened to me that flight was uh, from Hong Kong to Chicago. I got exit mm. row. So there was mm. plenty of leg space, but mm. that was about it. <laughs> yeah, oh so it was, a, it, was a, it was quite an experience, right? It's the first time I went, went on the plane. Mm. I was expecting to watch movies of my choice and yeah, none of that actually <laughs> happened. I was, I was like not prepared for that and there's only so much you can sleep on a plane. And right? at that point in time, we didn't have iPads and iPhones. No, absolutely. <laughs> to watch, absolutely to not. on and <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I thought that was interesting for, for everybody to know that uh, mm. we actually, you would think that we have met in some form of band room in Singapore, but no, yeah. it was on, we a met plane. on a plane. Yeah, yes. not knowing. Uh, yeah, you never mentioned this before. Now, right. now you, now you, now I remember. I, I thought you were at first. I thought oh, maybe this guy is Hong, Hong because I didn't know you then. I must yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I no, it's okay. it's okay. So I thought yeah. because yes, we were going to Hong Kong. So I thought yeah, maybe this guy is from Hong Kong. You know, the guy. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? What are the chances, right? You yeah, exactly. bought a plane Mount and it's like someone carrying a Singapore euphonium. euphonium. <laughs> <laughs> But you yeah. you must be I'm, I'm, okay. I was young, so you must be have been younger than <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, I was uh, twenty back then. Okay yeah 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 yeah. Nice. Nineteen twenty ish. Yeah. Mm. So to think that I went from like traveling alone or actually traveling with a group of friends to Thailand, and then the next trip mm. was like to the US was quite crazy, and I actually mm. almost missed my flight. But it's a uh, uh, not oh, not horrible. this flight. It's the, the the next flight after yes. that. Yes, once you reach Chicago, it's a nightmare as well. Yeah, because it, to get the to get onto the connecting flights and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a uh, and it's quite crazy. And I actually didn't leave myself uh, enough yeah. time, but everything uh, worked out. 
I'm I'm back here and I, I went <laughs> for the festival. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to talk about something that obviously happened a, a little bit more recently. So we mm. moved the, the timeline a little bit nearer to us. That was when I returned back to Singapore after my studies. And then I, the first time I, I saw you after my return, I was like, man, what happened to you? You look completely different. And I, I think one of the hardest things to, <laughs> to commit to is the effort to lose weight. Right, mm. because losing weight by itself it's is difficult. I mean, we mm. all know the actions that we have to take to make a difference, but the commitment to now change your lifestyle quite drastically, I can imagine, mm. must be something that is <laughs> yeah extremely difficult to commit to. What motivated you to go on to this? Well, go on this actually, journey? I think this was in 2016, mm. 2016, 2017 There, when I got a slip disc, mm. and it got to the point where it was so bad where I could not uh, walk properly. I was hobbling a bit for a couple of like two, three months. Mm. And I know, I mean, I, I see my I see my dad as well. So <laughs> okay. I know the kind of health problems he's going through now. He, he's now, uh, he's not 70 yet, but he, he's uh, got every. He's got everything. Okay. The three high. The three highs, the sun yeah. down, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. then, and it, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, plus other issues as well. So mm. I I think, I think it's come to a point at, a, at that time that um, I told myself I want to see my kids and I want to see my grandkids. Mm. Or I want to be healthy when I, when I maybe have grandkids one day or, Whatever like whether yeah. my kids have kids or not, I don't know. Like, yes, but yes. yeah, I want to be there when mm. I want to be there longer. I want to be there. I want to be around longer. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And living a good quality of life, you know. Mm. We don't want to work so hard and then at the end of the day, you kind of like um live in pain. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good reminder to us as well. And moreover, because it links to us as being a freelancer because uh, at that point in time, that year when I had a slip disc, um, I actually, my work suffered. Because, okay. yeah, my work suffered because I had to stand most of the time. Right. I, I had to attend, I had to be present at, at rehearsals. I couldn't do e-rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike I now. Already <laughs> <of it. laughs> yeah. I'm ready of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do e-ccas. I had to be there. I was, so in a way, if I, then, so I was also thinking, you know, this is important for not just myself, but my the people around me, my family as well. Mm. That um, the students that I, that are under me, mm. um, my responsibility towards them, you know, I yep. felt bad that I couldn't be there at rehearsals before performances because I remember, I still remember it was around June period. So that time, as usual, July come, there'll be all the national day preparation. Then one of my schools would have Founders Day and all that kind of stuff, you know, mm. so that's the usual, the term tree period that's usually quite busy. And then all my groups would be doing the national day stuff, you know, at yeah. maybe this and that. Mm -hmm. So being not around uh, kind of kind of made me feel bad as well. Right. And then, of course, at the back of my head, you know, what if what if I don't get, what if this doesn't get better or long-term implications to my kids, to my, what's, what's the implication to my family as well? Uh? So, mm. 
I think that was when I kind of started my journey to bring myself down. Okay, right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring myself down because I think I think as conductors also we have to be uh we have to be mentally and physically uh uh fit on the podium. Mm. I, I can't say I can't say I'm very fit now still. I'm still working on it. I mm. I'm still working on it. It's it's so hard when you when you are a food lover. Oh. It is so hard. I must I must mm. admit it's yo-yoing up and down. You know? <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah. And and I love food. I mean, mm. many of us, I mean, it's one thing about us is we love food so yeah, much, you know, definitely. and then sometimes and then sometimes when you have kids, you the kids leave things over, you end up being the rubbish bin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you just absolutely. clean everything up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, what did I just do to myself? Yeah, yeah. I understand. Absolutely. Then you'll be like running after your kids. Like, eat it up, eat it up. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to eat it. You better yeah. eat it up. Yeah. And yeah. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to. Great. Yeah. yeah that's the struggle. That's mm. the kind of silly struggles I have on a yeah. daily basis. <laughs> right, right. And and how's this uh, back treating you now? Is everything much better? Yeah, actually, it's fine. It's fine yeah. now. That's great. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I've, I'm going to. I, I see a. I, I have a friend who. I train under mm. and uh, it used to be another euphorium player Twain yeah yeah. <laughs> but Twain got busy and he put me under one of his good friends as well so mm. I'm with Twain's good friend now so another yeah. euphorium player that exactly. got me yeah. slimmer <laughs> in good company yeah absolutely yes yes. Yeah. and uh, funny you should mention slip disc because I also had slip disc and oh. uh, at, a, at a very young age actually uh, after I finished my diploma Mm. Actually, uh, towards preparing for my final recital for my diploma, I was having this like leg pain, this mm. weird kind of leg pain that was like mm. really bothering me. And I only went to the doctor after I finished uh, my recital, and then I ended up have to I had to do a surgery for for my on my back. Oh, you did a surgery? Yeah, I, I couldn't did, I do did. a surgery that time. Mm. I mean, they wanted to do a surgery on me, but yeah. because I had high blood pressure at that time. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so they said they said to move it back, mm. and then. When they decided to move it back, I decided to bring down and then everything got better anyway. So yeah. I didn't have to do it yet. Yeah, and that is a, a much better uh, solution than to go under the knife, right? Yeah. I mean, good to know that you you have made this choice to to change your your lifestyle. Yeah, I hope I can sustain it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you seem to be doing it. easy. It's been a couple of years now, like, yeah, yeah at least since I've been back, it's about three years. So you, you seem to be doing okay. I think you are already holding, past holding. <laughs> yeah, you are past that uh, initial uh, phase. I think. Yeah, the initial yeah. is well. The initial is difficult, but sustaining is is like like what people always say. It's always a marathon. Mm. It's never a short sprint. Yeah, short sprints can't work in this kind. Of, you have to change a lot of things. Mm, for sure. Yeah, and now uh, we bring the timeline even closer to about two months ago. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, obviously this recent SYF twenty twenty one was uh, was very special because of the. I was like, what happened two months ago? <laughs> <laughs> felt felt like a lifetime ago, right? Felt yeah, so man. long, ago. yeah. So, and yeah, circumstances were different, and the uh, way that the school bands performed was mm. also different. Everything was different about this SYF. Uh, you took. Uh, this change and you decided to commission 
17 new pieces for all your secondary school and JC bands participating in SYF. Mm. Mm. Why do you think that this was a good idea? And uh, <laughs> how, how did you... Uh, did you always have this idea to commission Singaporean composers for SYF? Actually, this is not my first time uh, doing all pure Singapore work mm. uh, for SYF because okay. uh, there was one year where I did uh, Ochi Kong... Mm. Uh, what Parayan, right? Yeah, Ar- Arian, mm. yes. Yeah. Uh, then there was uh, then Terence Wong also did one piece. Trance was, and then yeah, there are a couple of Singaporean works in that as well. Mm. So I kind of actually I kind of made it my little um mission as well, like, Because you know they, they what they always say is true. If we if Singaporeans don't play Singapore works, who will? Mm. You know why why are we can't be expecting other people to play Singaporean works if Singaporean uh, musicians don't do our own stuff. I'm, there's nothing wrong with Western works. There's nothing wrong with Japanese works. They're perfectly great material as well. Mm. Um, but I think we can have some space on our palette for mm. some local local stuff. And yeah. it's just like pop music, you know. I, I'm good friends with George Leong. Mm. and the music producer and he's also lamenting the fact that you know in shopping malls we're always playing k-pop i mean okay fine they're more popular but you know maybe one day or two you can play s-pop yeah sing pop or something like that yeah Yeah, sing pop exactly singapore Mm. pop music there are a lot of singapore pop music Mm. and 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 how does pop music get popular i mean it's because people keep hearing it and then they develop a love for it Mm. and if sometimes it requires I mean sometimes it just requires um, repetition mm. you know or the start of it to, to just to get people oh this exists you yeah. know that kind of thing mm. and hopefully some interest will generate from there you know and hopefully the snowball will get bigger over time and so this is what I was trying to do with this SYF then of course some people might ask me um well, it's crazy, isn't it? 17 new works or 8 at first. Okay, so we don't talk about JCs first because JCs at a point in time when I made this decision, I didn't know what kind of format they would be in. Mm. Whether it's two bands or one band and one ensemble because I was trying to push... Uh, my, my objective was everyone everyone tries to go for SYF. Okay. Because if you don't go for SYF, it's a misopportunity. To me, it's a misopportunity mm. that they don't get to perform on stage. Right. And they and obviously you know in a band system, if you're not playing for SYF, then what am I gonna do with you? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be practice practicing by yourself. Yeah. That's that's not possible. Okay. Mm. So we always have so I, I like to give my kids all the all a very uh, clear objective to work towards now. Right. So of course my uh so yeah, people ask me why why only Terence Wong? Why didn't I pick a few composers to work with and would it help with deadlines as well <laughs> mm. yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but um, I, so that's where I limited my gambling in terms of um, because Terence Wong knows me mm. I've worked with Terence before yeah. you know he knows he knows what kind of person I am he knows my bands kind of because he's taught in a couple of my bands before mm-hmm. and he so he understands, he still knows the people. So he, he was teaching uh, with me until before he left for uh, overseas studies. Mm. Now he's doing his master's in composition. And it, 
it's so I, I did give him a call. I said, I have a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know, and how I wanted to group my secondary school bands was that I tried to I try to group them by levels so that the the batch stays and works together. So like almost I try to make almost a sec four band, a sec three band, and mm. a sec two band, regardless of instrumentation. Okay. Yeah, regardless of instrumentation. Right. So it would have to be a flexi band arrangement as long as I have four four parts, three or four parts per per part. Three or four instrumentalists per mm. part. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Just to make it work somehow. Right. I kinda I as long as there was some kind of an SATB la, you right. know, <laughs> mm. within each group. Mm. And I mean, I was thankful that my bands were were sizable in that sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, of decent size, so I could do something like that. In fact, I had to spill over some some of the upper level into the lower level, that kind of thing. But right. I kind of manage it that way, such that uh, everyone tries to go for SYF also. So maybe the the sec twos, the youngest players, those who did not have a slot to play and a wind instrument, will still get to play percussion mm. in the three bands. That's yeah. how I I reorganize my so, so in that case I had to have a piece that was for their level, mm. so uh, a higher a higher level piece, a middle and then a lower level piece for the beginners, especially the beginners who the year twos or sec twos who did not have a chance to practice last year. Mm. We hardly had any rehearsals last year. Last year was tons of ECCAs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Finding the repertoire, finding the program for a good good program for them, uh, was also important to me because I didn't know because this is, you know, when we choose something for them to work on for two three months, mm. it's no joke. If the piece is not good material, I mean, it's just like it's just like reading a book. There are mm. good books and there are bad books. Yeah. If I make you spend three months to read a lousy book, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna struggle. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're gonna give up on the book. Yes, but if it was still uh, reasonable enough, you know, standard wise to to push them and that they can learn something from it, there's something from the piece to learn. So why not? Yeah, mm. and then so we also discuss what kind of theme we should go with, and that's why we decided to land with the theme of honouring Singapore uh, heroes and heroines. Mm. I mean, conveniently because I have two boys' schools and one girls' school. Yeah. So we took the opportunity to anchor the themes on the heroes and like Limbo Singh and stuff like that, you know, mm. and heroines, Teresa, Sue, Elizabeth, Choi, that kind of stuff, how they were, how these were big Singaporean figurines mm. that uh, students can, should know about them. Yeah. And they, and now we made a piece about them. You know about a little story about them and their past life, what they did, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, in totality, it was kind of um, very educational for my bands. I hope, mm. <laughs> and they learned some. They learned there was a historical element. There was uh, the music wise. Uh, it was to their level. It was okay. bespoke in a way to yes. their level. Mm. I I told them, you know, I I would I can tell Terence also this this group of people. Um, who is a bit stronger, who is a bit weaker, you know, mm. we try to give the parts um, accordingly. Correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And mm. I think actually this, um, this format of training the band for me, I, uh, I liked it quite a lot because number one, I get, normally when I see year twos to year fours together, I kind of, I, 
you're kind of usually speaking to the year force. In, <laughs> right. You know I mean? yeah, you're yeah. talking to the principal players and all that yes, kind of yes, stuff. Yeah. You know, hey, you go and do your section. Hey, your uh, section still, yeah. you can't manage this part. Go yeah. and work on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. That kind of stuff. Yes. Teach your juniors, you know, that uh, kind of stuff. Then, or, or worst thing is the most the more difficult sections, you kind of like uh, reduce the, you cut out the players, the younger players who can't manage, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So the good thing about this SYF was, number one, they were playing a piece they they had to own the piece. They mm. they can't hide under anyone because there was only so little players per part. Every one of them had to be a chili buddy. Mm-hmm. They can't just be a chili and they had to be a chili buddy now. Yeah. No one's uh, there that, for the right, right? Everyone has to roll. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and but the more benef- the more beneficial thing was that I think this this was the first time I got to know my my younger players better. Mm. You know, I cr- there was this, there was this bond that create that I created um, with my younger players, which I would otherwise not get, you know, um, mm. in a normal situation. Yeah. Um, because like I said, you will always be talking to the seniors. The younger ones are just hiding behind the seniors. Mm. You know that kind of thing. But now I would be interacting directly with a year two, a year three, and a year four in the respective bands, mm. in the respective groups. So. I thought that was very nice because, and then also, then also, um, I made it a point to conduct every group as well. Yeah. Whether regardless it was graded, ungraded, year two or year four, I made it a point to conduct all of them because I wanted, I wanted to create this. I wanted to, uh, fortify this connection as well mm. with all of them. Yeah. I I feel that um, every moment that we have on stage is important. Is um is some is a memory la, that we mm. can have. So, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to have this special moment with them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds really, really lovely. And what you said is so true. I think we all reach an age where I would say like a coming of age, right? Where we start to find ourselves and find our identity as Singaporean musicians mm. and we want to be represent uh, or re- represent Singapore and we want to play works that is mm. representative of uh, Singaporean musicians or Singaporean colleagues. And I think we are at this point whereby we can start to build on this, our very own uh, music culture, our very own music ecosystem where we can mm. actually sustain this on our own now where we, mm. in the past, say, like, maybe 20, 30 years ago, we perhaps don't have that many trained musicians yep. and people in the scene. Right now, we do have people who are dying for opportunities, right? Uh, wanting to perform, wanting to write for yeah. groups and things like that. So I think this... Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the step that you took to offer this platform uh, for representation of Singaporean works at the SYF or with all the other works that you are doing, uh, it's it's really really great, and I I hope that especially younger music students looking at these projects would now think that there is a possibility out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you have to do is to reach out, of course. Correct. Make more make more composer friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, talk to us about your musical journey. What does music mean to you? How you got acquainted with it? And how did you come to the point in your career right now? Wow. So, of course, I was the typical Singaporean kid. Learned piano when I was young. <laughs> okay. You know, or 
it's it's always it's always hilarious. I, I I tell people, you know, parents always send you for piano lessons, and then one day when you decide to tell them you want to become a musician, they're like, huh? Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then absolutely. Then when you for piano lessons in the first place, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. I, yeah. I, I have to push you to finish your grade eight, and correct. you're not allowed to go beyond that. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, and and it's not even like, yeah, it's just not allowed. Uh. You're not allowed it's to like, go beyond that. after you grade. You, you stop this every day. <laughs> you must practice one hour every day. Yeah, and then at the end of it, it's like. Stop. You yeah, cannot uh, go further. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until you, you actually like it, you start loving it, and you're just like, oh, no, exactly. no, no. Yeah, it's it's too much now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Pick like, up your textbook. It's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure all of us kind of went through that little <laughs> irony of life. <laughs> mm, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> I, yeah. So, I, I mean, I was typical. Uh, learn piano. Then because I, then because I had some music background when i when i joined when i w- went to secondary school i saw the band was in existence so it was like natural law just join the band law mm. <laughs> i wasn't a sporty person i mean yeah look at me <laughs> nothing of me looks sporty <laughs> well yeah. so, you 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 committed to a change so you're, you're yeah, half yeah, yeah. sporty now right <clears throat> yeah <laughs> trying to be yeah. trying to be <laughs> yeah so naturally I just joined the band and and made friends and I enjoyed my time there. I, I liked the I mean that time that time I was from Maristella High School, yes, which I'm teach one of the schools that I'm teaching now. And then I also went to Anderson Junior College, which mm. also happened to be one of the schools that I'm teaching now. Um yeah, so I, I enjoyed my time in secondary school because um of the band camps and the Although although last time band was band life was more really more sweat and really more tears, mm. most really a lot more sweat and tears. I must say, <clears throat> now now everything has to be kind of watered down. You can't go. I mean, it's in the interest of students as well. We kind of boys, especially in a boys school, you know, there was more harsh treatment. There was. Yeah. You know, last, those were the times where you can make a kid do 200 push-ups at one time for dropping a mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> or you can or you can throw people into the pond. That was typical in Anderson JC. We had a right. pond down there on their birthday. We would throw them into the pond and things like that. So Lovely. it's all these, you know, all these things that, that, that uh, I kind of um, enjoyed from my past also. Mm. And I never got I, I was actually just a very normal band member. I wouldn't say I was a, I was a good player or what. I was very normal based on to, even based on today's standards. One of the breaking moments was uh, when I was made student conductor in SEC 2. Mm, okay. Yeah. And that was the time when uh, I got the opportunity to dabble in conducting. Mm. And I mean, I was made student conductor that student conductor in sec two because number one there were only five sec trees. Okay. And they all had my band was that Maris band was really like we were comparable to the funeral band that plays at Malvernon Cemetery. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> that point in time. Right, right. That was what my classmates always say, hey, so, hey they sound better than you eh? <laughs> 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 Because the school always made us play national anthem every Monday. 
I don't oh, know okay. why. Right. We sounded so bad. Right. Oh, it's, <laughs> so a, it's a lack of warm-up as well, right? Early in the morning. Yeah, early you in just, the morning. Yeah, yeah. I to, we have to roll the timpani. Yeah, yeah. the four really big timpanis. <laughs> you have to roll it all the way yeah, to yeah. the back. And it was mm. big. It was a big journey from the bedroom to the to where we had to stand to perform right. in, the, in the school. Mm. And so, yeah, then the band... Can you just imagine? I was always very worried conducting in the beginning. It's very scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For un, untrained and unwarm up secondary school kids. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We were not very good. To, we were not fantastic to start yeah, with. And everybody knows this. You know? Yeah. Exactly. yeah there's no, no so way to every hide, time, right? Every time you you would walk into class late because you had to pack up and everything. So it's like the walk of shame. <laughs> It's very scary. Right. It's really the walk of shame as you go into the class that you hope, hope that nobody will say anything about the performance <laughs> just now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then when the Malvern, in class, when yeah. the funeral band next door playing at Malvern and Cemetery, hey, they sound better than you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah! Right. So, I mean, but, um, yeah, so I, I was, so was why I was made student conductor in SEC 2 was because in SEC 3, there were only five of them, if I remember correctly. And they and they made me student conductor because I had some piano background. Hmm. They they didn't have uh, much background, so I was like, oh okay law, hmm. I just try law. You know yeah. this kind of stupid boy, fourteen <laughs> <laughs> year old stupid boy, <laughs> just do all. I didn't know what I was doing. I just just do lah. Right. So, but I kind of enjoyed the process lah, and hmm. and you know, I I like to, uh, it's like cooking ah. You know, mm. you sprinkle a bit of salt, you jia yan jia chu here and there, you know, add pepper, turn up the heat a bit more, turn down, whatever, you control your cooking. Yeah. And and you got to you you became a chef of the music. See, I love food, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you became a chef of music, you get to control things that uh you don't otherwise get to control as a musician. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, definitely. And to make that dish yours, you know. So I was I was also happy that, you know. Over time, over time, um, the comments started to get better. Okay. Then that that the that the walk of shame into class became slowly more positive. Right. Yeah. You start <laughs> to be able to hold still, your head up, right? <laughs> As yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. So people start to say, "Hey, your today band sound not bad." Ah, huh? uh, then the kind of thing. Then there mm. was a mean Chinese teacher, lah. Do you remember? And there's always one. She, <laughs> yeah, she, she no, she was known to be very fierce. She's okay. known to be very cynical, sarcastic. Right. You know, mm. boys like this kind of teacher, la, they, <laughs> This kind of mean, sarcastic, mean, fun, sarcastic teacher, yeah. Not yeah. not bad, mean, but good, mean, mm-hmm. So, but then, so one day she just, wow, Ichie, today you do pretty good, ah. Yeah, so happy, oh, <laughs> <laughs> because she was normally. Meaner, very la. critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She in front of the whole class said, "Wow, today the band sounded not bad." Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Wow, so very happy. Nice. So that kind of made me love conducting more. Okay. Then, then I must say the 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 one performer or performance that uh motivated me to motivated me to further my interest in music was actually another euphonium player, Stephen Mead. Uh, that was the time where Stephen Mead played with SAF Central Band. That mm. was the first time I think he was in Singapore. Yeah, I was like, "What? You for can do that? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You know, very con- mm. I I still remember. I I the concert was at SunTech Convention Center. Okay, I had to 
and I knew that, and I saw that they were selling CDs after that. Mm. You know, I had to run all the way to Marina Square to find a POSB cash uh, ATM. Yeah, to draw money out of my savings um, bank account to mm. come back. Tell them, wait, I don't close first. Uh. Don't close. Uh. I go and run to get money, come back and buy the CD. Right. Yeah, those were the times. Mm. And then, yeah, I think I, I, I think I, I just bankrupted myself to buy every CD. Then. <laughs> I draw. Right. I draw a large portion of my savings. I mean, I didn't have a lot. Like, then it was just <laughs> I just yeah. bought every single damn CD. There and then after that, every day I was just every day I was just spamming spamming like, on loop. Ah. Uh. Uh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so then after that I went into SAF band. Mm. I went to SAF band. I uh I had a good friend there, Ivan, uh tuba player. Ivan Wu. And uh I think that was the best thing that happened also because every day we had nothing to do in training wing. Mm. In training SAF band training wing. We yeah. were kind of bored. Every day we just sat down for half an hour to play long tones. Wow. Okay. Chromatic, chromatically from the lowest possible to the highest possible. We just played long tone, one note, one minute plus, that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, and very just... lucky for you to find a friend like that that would exactly. sit there and do long tones with you. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's boring to do it by yourself, you know. Mm. But to do it with somebody and get in tune, you know, and all the holding long tones. Yeah. So I always tell my kids, you know, just trust me. Just spend half an hour every day doing that. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that worked for me. Yeah. Before that, I was kind of normal. I was kind of, you know, nothing. I was just very, very average. But in training me, I was, you know, I was lucky to find that friend to sit down daily to practice chromatic long tones mm. every day for at least half an hour before I got, before we did our own rap, you know, our yeah. own pieces, that kind of stuff. So I... From then on, I I I I think I made I I kind of crossed that hurdle to 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 uh becoming a better euphonium player, and mm. and that's when I really enjoyed playing because after that I started to play for many groups because I mean when you can play people also want you to play right yeah so <laughs> so I got invitations from friends to guest play here guest play there guest play here so mm. of course being a young young punk young boy you know you want to you want to you like to play a lot ma. Yes. you like to play everywhere you like to experience different kind of music and then that was when I also observed many conductors mm. you see how that's all linked up yeah Th- then I, I got to see um, I got to experience many conductors um, the experience, very experienced, not so experienced, and in between, I mean, it doesn't matter to me because I was learning from all of them. Mm. Yeah, I was learning all of them. Uh, not necessarily all the, just looking at what works, but also what doesn't work. Okay. Every band, and, and then you also get to understand that every band is very different. What works here might not work there. Mm. Then how? Yes. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, you start to understand that you need to have this bag of tricks. Mm. You need to be able to pull out any trick that you need at that point in time. And the better you are, the bigger your bag of tricks. This was something that I learned from someone as well. Mm. You know, what are you capable of pulling out at that point in time to solve that issue? It can Definitely. be it can be it can be a similar age person, but 
if gender different. So like, like my boys' school and my girls' school, I'm I'm generally the same, but then I treat certain things differently as well. Mm. I always say boys are like dogs, girls are like cats. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. They're very... I Especially last, especially last time, uh, um, when I taught in my girls' school, or when I teach girls, not not just in the girls' school that I'm teaching now, IJ Topayo, I realized girls like to roll their eyes at you when they don't like you last time. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, when they don't like you, they're like... Oh, I used to walk away. The cat thing, <laughs> very cattish, right? Very, like a cat, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when they did that to me, I'm like, you get very angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the receiving yeah. end of that, right? Just, yeah, at the receiving yeah. end of that. You know, but then over the years, I don't say I I treat them like a friend. I can't treat them like a friend, but I go in more. I go into all my groups as a, as a, as like a, as like a father. Hmm. I mean, now having two kids, you know, it's easier to feel that way as well. Yeah. So I go into, you know, wanting wanting them to be better, wanting them to be, want, uh, telling them to do things for the sake of their future. Mm. As in, attitude-wise, attitude-wise, yeah. training them values, training them character building and all that kind of thing. And say, you can't be like that. And sometimes I make jokes, you cannot be like that. Otherwise, next time your boyfriend bully you. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing yeah. must be stronger you know you, mm. you cannot you, otherwise you'll be eaten up <laughs> yeah yeah that kind mm. of thing so so I teach them all also to be stronger individuals you know especially musicians uh, you cannot hide you cannot hide if you hide you, you'll be a very passive player then it's you know, not it worthwhile right it's really mm, not worthwhile not, doing you yeah. want to contribute to the sound you yeah. want to this applies to both boys and girls mm. uh, whether you it, it's all you know. We all we are always some of, many of us start being very shy, very introverted. I mean, we can be introverted. That's fine. But when the time calls for it, you must shine. You yeah. must you rise must to the occasion. Be able to rise. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. Back to sorry. I, I think I digressed. No, so absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then I watch many conductors. Uh. At work. At play. And then. It got me really interested in conducting. It's like, oh, this is so cool, you know. Oh, that really works, you know. That, or maybe that didn't work so well. You, know, you, you start to evaluate in your head, and then, so you start to experiment. Okay, so I was thankful that time David Wong, my teacher, my bass trombone teacher, when I joined SNYO. Mm. Oh, by the way, there's another story. I joined SNYO auditioning with a euphonium. I think I might be the only one in history to do that. <laughs> Nice, yeah, and they still allowed you in, right? You have I to change your instrument because I was lucky because uh, Weibun before me, the bass trombonist was Weibun. Mm. <clears throat> um, he 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 left, so the the bass trombone seat was empty. So I think they were looking for someone to fill in the position. So I said, uh, I'm willing to. I told Lim Yao then the conductor, mm. I said, uh, I'm willing to learn the bass trombone. Yeah, so he so they accepted me and I scrambled to learn the bass trombone as soon as quickly as I could. This was during when I was in SAF band. Mm. Um then yeah, but the change was a little bit difficult as well because going from Euphoria Mouthpiece to bass trombone mouthpiece. Yeah. And then David David Wong made me play on a much bigger mouthpiece as mm. well. Yeah. To make sure, you know, the kind of stuff. So mm. I took a bit of adjust I took a bit of time to adjust to that. Yeah. And then I sounded terrible on both for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, yeah, I mean, I still had to play euphonium for my for my SAF stuff. And then mm. 
So I was I was getting used to bouncing between the two, yeah. and it kind of got kind of got better over time, mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so after so after that, when I joined um, SNYO, also you get to see the other aspect of things. You get to see the conductors in action. Yeah, a whole new I world guess, of repertoire as well, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. And how you don't have to play a lot. You're still part of this. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, bass trombonist, you don't play as much as the rest of the orchestra. Yeah, but when you play, people know. Correct. Right. <laughs> it matters. Absolutely know. It still yeah. matters whenever you yes. play, so you've got to be careful with everything that you, you spit out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, that, so, I mean, this was one thing led to another. You know, I um, David Wong also got me teaching. Mm teaching and then so and then eventually I got my first uh, school I uh, I was assisting people I was helping people around uh, so that was when try and error you learn you learn on the job and, and then you start to like it la. Mm. and then it grows on you and you 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 just want to carry on right you just want to carry on doing it mm. yeah yeah, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, what what you have just shared, and I think it's it's a very interesting journey with regards to your the development of your playing. Like you said, going from what you said to be average to improving your playing. I think having this opportunity to have seen Steve perform live and then hear the possibilities of the instrument is is really mm. quite critical mm. because that. The band repertoire that we are, are used to playing is, I would say, a couple of levels lower than euphonium solo repertoire. And all of mm-hmm. a sudden, when you hear this mm. crazy flying running notes, high notes mm-hmm. popping out of nowhere, uh, mm-hmm. long, beautiful melodies and things like Multiphonics. that. Multiphonics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and probably like uh, Steve's encore back then was mm. the one that we see a lot on YouTube nowadays. Mm. So uh, ha- having that would just kind of... And it's just quite interesting how like powerful our mind is now mm. that we've heard that this is actually possible. Gradually, we know that we can also aim towards something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before that... direction. Exactly. And if, we've, if you have never shown up for that concert, perhaps things mm. will turn out, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. At, at least on the playing front, I think. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, it's so amazing how... Walking through one door leads you to different doors. Correct. In yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. And then that leads you to play more bands, see more conductors, and then that, yeah, just all sorts of things would just kind of like blossom from that one thing that mm. uh, you, you went to. Actually, now, the conductor's part also is, is, it was also very good when I, I mean, this was one thing that I learned a lot from my time in SSO as well. Mm. Because every day, I mean, I was orchestra. I was in orchestra management department, working. That was my f- second second full time job. Actually, that was my second full time job. Right. My first my first full time job was a pharmaceutical salesperson. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Running from hospital to hospital, knocking on doors. Hi, doctor. Right. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> it was scary. It was yeah. very scary. But you but know. that was like also very early on in where the industry was like really coming up, right? The pharm- pharmaceutical industry. Was it? I don't know. Time? I I guess. Well, I mean, they have always been strong. Okay. Pharmaceuticals is always a, a new thing. It's it's always emerging 
sector mm. and that kind of stuff. Okay. But the, I, I got in that because that time it was during the economic downturn. Mm. I mean, I started teaching ever since my uni days, but I, I think that's a different topic also, you know. Right. <laughs> How I started teaching in my uni days and whether I should go this full-time or not full-time, that kind mm. of thing. But So eventually the decision was not to go teaching full-time, teach a little bit still. Mm. And then it was, uh, I was thankful that the sales job allowed me to teach part-time. Mm. And, and then... Um, and then after that, my second full-time job was in SSO. So during SSO times, you know, you get a different conductor every week. Mm. And that was when you can see different conductors in action also. And and learning what what what, what they do behind the scenes also. Because um, how they plan for a concert, you know, how they what did what they request for, the kind of decisions they make prior to that first rehearsal because I was in touch with them, you know, so whatever request they would need, they would have to go through me and I'll, I will execute it out for them. Mm. So that was, I think that was good also because that was good training for me as well because um, you got to, you get to go behind the scenes to see what work, uh, what, what conductors do before that first rehearsal. I mean, besides score study, of course. Lah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not just about score study. It's not just about knowing the score. It's about uh, it's about putting the conditions, preparing for the conditions that would make the rehearsal work. Yeah. Mm. And also how going from one rehearsal to another rehearsal, what are the things they do? What what are the decisions they make to work towards? Because they only had four rehearsals. In SSO, you know, every conductor comes on Tuesday. By Friday, they had to put up the show Friday night. Mm. You know, so the time was very tight. And I think I got uh, this was uh, being professional, you know, starting on time, following to the rehearsal order to the T. Mm. Um, all these values got into me um, very strongly because it is if if you felt if you felt uh, annoyed staying or staying back extra two minutes after a rehearsal. It is definitely exemplified in a in a professional setting. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you know, I can imagine people can st- not in SSO, but I'm, I we heard stories about in foreign orchestras, people can stand up and walk off. You know that kind of thing. Mm. It's part of. It's totally in their right you know, to do so. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that actually. Yeah. Even in SSO, if past five minutes, the conductor still keeps going on. The orchestra management need to do something about it, you know. Yeah, has to you tell him to go on stage and yeah. bring the tell the conductor we got to stop now, you know. Mm. Or it's the break time now. You must have the break time now. Yeah. Or, or if you know if you are changing of pieces, it affects different players coming up and down. Different mm. people have to go. People have to come in. People are waiting behind the back. You know that kind of thing. So yeah. you got to you got to go into every rehearsal with a very structured mind of what you want to do, how long each, how long you want to give each part of your rehearsal process to. Mm. So I think this was very good uh, in a way training for myself as a conductor because uh, I would I would run my rehearsals in a similar fashion as well. You know, I don't penalize people. I, I will start with whoever is there if people are late, you know, and of course we'll make late coming a big thing. Mm. And <clears throat> so we reinforce the, the values of punctuality and then the values of not wasting time as well. Because I can't if I go into the rehearsal 
<clears throat> in December, thinking that my SYF is in April. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have three months to work on this piece. Mm. You know, technically speaking, I can yeah, take just it take it easy, easy, take it easy until the last yeah. month, right? But yeah, but um, no, we have to act like we have to rehearse it. Like tomorrow's the re- performance, mm. and we got to do whatever we can today to yeah. make it better. Mm. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I mean, of course, you know, you still have three months. <laughs> yeah, and there's only so much you can do in a rehearsal. But I mean, you cannot waste time. Yes. I, I, I think one of the most important thing is, you know, people are there for you. I always you know, they're not they, they can be they can be doing many other things. Especially in a community situation. Mm. You know, like when I when I conduct a few youth and few wins, uh, you know, people people don't have to be there. Even for my poly groups, my uni group, they don't have to be there. These are all youngsters. They all have they all have I think I think play a computer game also sometimes more fun than than <laughs> rehearsal. You know what I mean? Right. You got to make your rehearsal count. You got yeah. to make your rehearsal worth it. Provide you some value, make... right? Correct. Yeah. Otherwise, they spend time to travel to your rehearsal, play, sit down there for two three hours, and then after that, go home, go home late, and then maybe haven't had dinner yet. You know that kind of thing. Mm. It's a lot of opportunity cost. Yeah. I mean, as musicians, we hate it whenever we go for a fruitless <laughs> rehearsal. Mm. It's like, damn it, what a waste of time. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. For so sure. even with secondary school uh, students, I think it's important that we understand that, or even primary school kids. I mean, okay, primary school kids maybe a bit no choice there. They're more enforced, you know, they kind of mm. think uh, that they have to be there at certain times by their teachers. Secondary school to a certain level, yes, as well, but um, but definitely uh, they can be, they can choose, they have a stronger, rebellious, they can rebel mm. against you. They sort of have a mind of their own and, Correct. and things like that. Yeah. Correct. So to so you got to make sure that, you know, in whatever time you spend with them, every minute's gotta be running. Mm. You can't slow jog. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Don't yeah. have to sprint, but at least you must run. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You have been listening to You Play a What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time. Thank you.